0: i'm back brian scott <laughs> the Knicks pick is in brian it's in and i'm excited
1: okay well share your excitement with us <laughs> i'm excited you know for lots of things i'm excited to be talking to you or doing our show I'm also excited. I don't know if you know this, but I've been trying to lose some weight over the last few months. I hit my goal weight. Oh, that's today. big news. It is very exciting. Um more exciting than the number. I've gone made the jump from an extra large down to a large, which you probably are not familiar with this, but going the journey from a large to an extra large is like upsetting, you know <laughs> because you go from large to extra large you know <laughs> <Right>. extraordinarily large <laughs> right <laughs> you this know, is if you're, well, only... large and then you're you're a bit extra you know? it is, right it's irregular <laughs> right regular mutually, is just peculiarly large, large. <laughs> so like for me i feel like i'm back in like human you know what i mean you have a human size right <laughs> still a large person but a regular Regular size man, so right. that's very exciting. Like you're... to just get that L. Jeez, <laughs> that's, that's, that's very excited for you. Very exciting, dude. I know you're in
0: the spectrum now of regular, like regular people. Small, medium, yeah. and large are regular people. Anywhere yeah. outside of that, it's you know, like,
1: this is a little different. That we have to designate it differently <laughs> than what regular. <laughs> this is not, and you know, it's just so. Anyway, very exciting. That is exciting. Uh, yeah, so. And I'm, look, uh, let me backtrack what I'm about. (laughs) Excited about the Knicks is too strong, way too strong, (laughs) way too, way too strong. And I feel like this is where you're coming from. You're feeling, you're sensing excitement. People, people percolating, like wanting to say that the Knicks are doing something good, which they're not. (laughs) Okay. Okay. They didn't do anything bad this offseason. And... I like who they drafted. I there's a lot of things uh so they drafted this Obi Toppin from Dayton player college player of the year. Some negatives, doesn't seem to play defense. He's old an older fellow <laughs> which uh, in the NBA draft parlance is really bad. Um the, the the track record of these 22-year-old guys is not good, but he was a real late bloomer, like a genuine late bloomer. Um But I'm excited who they picked because he's got this really refined offensive game. He shoots the three. I do think the Amari Stoudemire comparisons make some sense. He looks – does remind me of that when I watch him. Um, So I'm excited about the fact they're going to have three lottery-caliber players in their – you know, maybe they won't – maybe Obi doesn't start right away. But between Mitchell Robinson, Obi Toppin, R.J. Barrett, three genuinely – Exciting, young, talented players that I can watch. And then additionally, they didn't do anything stupid. So they didn't bring in anybody. There's no Julius Randle this year. He's still on the team, of course. But I was going to say there is Julius you know, Randle. But there's, but there's no Julius Randle signing, right? The, the, the I see. The pity of that was trying to. The, the Mills Perry team, I think, felt like they couldn't, you know, after missing out on Durant and Kyrie, they couldn't show up empty handed. And they would have been better off like empty-handed. It's like not. It's like forgetting a gift on the way to a party, and stopping at a gas station, and picking up like you Pepsi. know, <laughs> <laughs> Mountain Dew. I mean, like I there was no wine, so I got you know whatever. I got a off ice. <laughs> and you're like, no, you just would have been better off just arriving with empty-handed. Right. <laughs> right. It would have been better. right. So I'm excited to watch this team. You know, I th- like. Those three guys, yes, we're going to have to go back into the lottery again. And it's another year, ultimately, standing in place a little bit and all of that. But there's some talented youngsters that I'd like to see. And I think the Knicks are well positioned. They have some cap space left if they want to take on a new contract, they have some assets they can move if some disgruntled star becomes available. They're, they're, they're okay where they're positioned. And so I give them credit for that, I guess. That's all of it's fair and all of it is, you know,
0: correct. I don't know that I have. So first of all, I guess what I want to say on my end is that I reserve the right to never give the Knicks credit until (laughs) I deem it necessary. And I think that's really been the crux of my point. Like, obviously you know, the listeners have to know, we talk, you know, this isn't the only time of the week we talk. We, you know, we live in 2020 and we have cell phones and we text each other. And I think my point is essentially I reserve the right never to give the Knicks credit until they're already doing well. So I'm just like annoyed that we're yet again in the position to like find a way to give them credit. Like, you know, because basically the crux of your argument is you didn't sign another Julius Randall. Right. Way to go. Right. And it's just like You're here, actually. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna just be like, hey, the Knicks are picked. They didn't. They didn't make a disastrous move this year. <laughs> right. I just. I think we're on to something. Like right. so, I just sort of refuse to take on that stance. And I also think a little bit of my initial reaction to it was. You know, on our, when we talk about the Knicks, we have a group text with our friend Matt. And sometimes Matt doesn't, like, vet certain things before he just <laughs> announces them. And so, you know, I got it in my head that we were getting Gordon Hayward for, right. like, three years, 70-something million. And I was like, oh, my God. If we're getting Gordon Hayward on that contract with the young players that we have. Right, right. Like, we're going to be fun. We're going to be like – Yeah, it's going to be, like, a team that I enjoy rooting for that, you know, that's not a title contender, but it's a good team that's going to be interesting, that's going to be fun to watch. Like, it's going to be more than just, are we not horrendous tonight? And so I was sort of in that mindset, and then that Hayward thing fell apart, and then it just sort of became clear that they really are just trotting out last year's team plus Obi Toppin, essentially. Right. And that's when we were kind of having this discussion, and I was just like, no, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I'm not giving them credit for that. And, yeah. you know, furthermore, it, I, still, I still think – and, and I, look, you're right. We shouldn't assign anybody. We should keep the cap space. We should keep the picks. Um, and, and we should – because we're not good and we're not gonna be good. So we should have flexibility in order to be good. With that said, I sort of think that it does frustrate me now that, I, you know, how many years we've been in the midst of this whole just be terrible and hope we luck into the first pick of the draft and hope that that year's first pick of the draft is a, you know, transcendent player. And that also hasn't worked out. So we've just been in this terrible limbo for forever. And I sort of stand by the point that I made where, like, look, I know, obviously, Kevin Durant and Kyrie came into Brooklyn and tore down the entire infrastructure that they claimed to love, which is why they went there. But I also don't think they're totally full of it in that they chose Brooklyn. Like, I think right now, if you want to come to the Knicks and you're an all-star caliber player, it's all on your shoulders. So it's the pressure cooker of New York added into all the baggage that comes with the Knicks. Whereas I think that if we were uh, at least a more respectable, you know, at least somewhat competitive franchise, you're coming in with a little less on your plate. Like, okay, I have a supporting cast. I have – but I guess I've also kind of neglected the idea that maybe Tibbs can take uh, Ob, RJ, and Mitch and and turn us into that this year so that maybe even by the trade deadline – we are that kind of destination for somebody, and we have taken a little bit of the pressure off of a decision for a superstar to come here. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I just think I spent too much time on Nick's Twitter, and I just don't want to ever hear about our picks anymore.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. And there's there's, there's a segment of Nick's Twitter that is like nothing's. It's always the, the, the rainbow is always about to, you know, the sky is always about to open up. And it's like Alfred Payton on one year, five million. That's a steal, you know, <laughs> like, right, right. oh, they they swapped, They turned pick thirty three and twenty seven into twenty five and thirty one. What a what a coup, you yeah. know, like just shut right. up. It like, makes no difference. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm not like sold on this regime based off this offseason, but I do feel like. They've never actually done what they're doing right now. Like, even when they did bottom out, we had those terrible years where we got Porzingis. We had the fourth pick in the draft. And they got Porzingis, and then they re-signed Mello, which was questionable. And then not only did they re-sign Mello, they then trade – they then signed Joaquin Noah to a big bu- a bunch of money, and they, you know, trade for Derek Rose, and they try to, like – quickly turn this team into a good team it totally backfires so like they didn't do that this time they are just going with these young kids trying to develop them i think rj barrett could be significantly better this year than he was last year and i don't know that i'm sold on him as a great player um certainly wasn't like enamored with you know i forget enamored hated the fact that we fell to three last year in a two-player draft yeah um but i do think he's still very talented he might be significantly better this year than he was last year i think mitchell robinson might yeah. be significantly better this year than he was last year i think julius randall won't be quite as bad as he was last year even though he's difficult to watch for different reasons he's just not a fun player to watch but i don't look at the like the guys they missed out on and think like boy that would have been super fun like Gordon Hayward on that initial when it looked like they were going to maybe get him for like three years, 73 million or something. It's like, to me, it was like, well, I guess you have to do that. Like, how could you not? But I wasn't like super psyched about the idea of having to root for that guy and watch that guy play. He doesn't move the needle for me. Like, so for me, I I don't, I don't, I don't mind missing out on him. And even Van Vliet, who I think could have really improved us. And I've read decent arguments for why he actually would make sense. He is only 26. He's a, he's a legit player, but I still don't think where they are that spending that kind of money. And, and they just didn't ultimately didn't have a chance to get him. Like Toronto didn't underpay him. And why would he leave there? Um, so none of that met, like, I don't mind that, you know, like uh, missing out on those guys. So I wasn't super bummed um, that we didn't go down that road.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't have any sort of logical counter for it. I guess my, like my general feeling is, I just think even glad is a strong word. Like, it's almost like I want to look them all in the eye, every one of them. I want to Dol- look at Dolan. I want to look at Dolan. I want to look at Leon Rhodes. I want to look at Tibbs and be like, good don't screw
1: it up right you know like like i or just like nothing you've done nothing let's just first be clear here you've done nothing i feel like yes. you need the knicks to hold like a press conference where they announce that they're failures and yes. they beg our forgiveness and that they say like but we're gonna really try this time to do things differently
0: yeah that's is that so much to ask for <laughs> <laughs> I, you know it's yeah. all it is it's, it's just right. It's it's really, I, I, I just, as of so many things I hate about, and look, I'm a diehard Knicks fan, but there are so many things I hate about Knicks fans. Like, I hate the sense of victimhood that is just so pervasive and it's either way. You know, like, honestly, Knicks fans are like Trump supporters in a lot of weird ways where <laughs> it's just like, oh, the media would bash us if we signed Gordon Hayward to that contract. <laughs> Why aren't they bashing Charlotte? Because- no one cares that Charlotte even exists. Right. <laughs> not right. even the team, just the place. And right. Like, uh, or, or you know, like, how come we're not getting credit for hoarding second-round picks? Because who cares? Like, right, because you've been a disaster for 20 years, so it's going to take more than that. Right. Yeah. So I just hate, like, the, right, exactly. I hate the Knicks victimhood. I just hate where it's like, we should be getting more credit. Or if we did what this team did, we'd be getting killed. And it's just like, look... Whatever, whatever criticism comes the Knicks way is deserved. And if the Knicks want genuine praise, like, it's just not coming from me because you didn't burn the house down. Right. <laughs> like, that's just it. Right. So I, right. I can intellectually, I can, I, I, I see your point. I appreciate your point. And I realize it's correct that they actually had an offseason where they didn't shoot themselves in the foot even in a small way. And we are positioned to do something if the opportunity arises, that's all fair. That's all true. But I also hate it and I hate them. And
1: yeah, look, and there's still plenty of reason to like, be like looking at them side-eyed, like, you know, this Obi Toppin thing might really backfire. Like there's a, there's definite reason to think that that was like really not the way to go. Um, and there's a lot of these movies, you know, it's like Alec Burks. It's like we had to have him, I don't, you know, like right. Austin Rivers on a three-year contract. I, okay, I guess that's fine. Um, who else? Like Alfred Payton, we bring him back. Okay, I guess. I don't – I didn't really – I saw – I thought felt like I, I had the Alfred Payton experience. <laughs> I was ready right. to move on with my life. Right. But uh, okay, yeah, I guess they need – you know, still like they didn't get anything done that they even – wanted to get get done right there's still no point guard on this team um you know the Thibodeau hiring I'm like excited in some sense that he's a competent coach and I think he does he knows what he's doing but now they've gone in a direction where you're like but is you know is he going to be the right guy for the way they've now constructed things like um you know this is now a very young team leaning on really young people um how's that going to work with him you know, I think is a big question. Uh, you know, all the shenanigans with how Obi, Obi Toppin, right, is represented by the GM's son, which is a little bit curious. <laughs> I mean, that was the whole draft. I mean, that was funny,
0: too, because that was initially why I hated the I hated the pick right off the bat, and yeah. I've come around to it. I I do sort of appreciate it at this point, but I when I found that out, it was like, okay, so the first round was <laughs> we picked the guy who's – the GM's kid is his
1: agent. Right. And then we do that all has nothing this. It's it, got, in fact, shame on you. <laughs>
0: <suggesting>. <laughs> and then there's all these trade shenanigans that happen that land us with where we picked a Kentucky guy that was projected to go in the second round. Yeah. And you know, we have all these Kentucky guys on the staff and he's also a CA guy. And we also, we can't freak out every time the Knicks sign a CAA guy cuz there's just too many guys represented by CAA, which is Leon Rose's former agency that yeah. you know, we can't freak out about that. But the also, the second
1: like the premise of his hiring too is is those relationships, you know? I mean, it's like the right. idea is that like, hey, he's going to get these guys he you know, you know, and and things like a Kentucky connection which like, look, you could do worse than just draft Whoever's available from Kentucky every year yes, uh, is a decent strategy.
0: But it's also funny, like when you – okay, we hire like the top guy at CAA, and he's got a Kentucky connection, and let's see who we can draw in. You don't really think Emmanuel quickly as the guy. But guy. You know, we get him with the 25th pick, and he's projected to go later, and he's with CAA, and he's from Kentucky. And it just – it was a weird – look, And and here's the problem too. We need a shooter. Like I love that that guy is a shooter. We need yeah. shooters. So that like to me if if he hadn't gone to Kentucky or he wasn't a CAA guy, I might have been like, "Oh cool, we drafted a shooter." But there was something about all the trades that took place just to get this guy at the 25th yeah. pick that just felt like what? Was that
1: the plan? Right. I don't get it. Just stay where you were and drafted that guy. Like you didn't have to do any of that stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. weird. Right. I know. I know. Right. And then it was just like, well, that's the savvy operators. It's like, are they or are they just like making weird trades for no reason? I don't know what they're doing. Right. Or did you like take the
0: elevator up to the fifth floor so you could walk down to the third? Like, I I don't really get what what we did. So, you know, it's I think it's hard. There's a lot of smoke there. And I don't I don't feel either like I didn't read anything after the draft that cleared up why all that happened. Like it was just matter of fact that it did. It wasn't like, well, here's you know what the thinking was, or, you know, it was
1: just. Do you find when you read like NBA scouting reports too that it's like the here's what he does well section? You're by the end of that, they're all built the same. It's like here's what he's good at. You're by the end of that, you're like, oh man, Hall of Famer. At the seal the draft <laughs> and then it's like here's what he needs to work on you're like this is worthless garbage right. So we just drive it yeah. and it's so funny you're like which is it like yeah. Obi Thompson. I'm like here's the pluses you're like oh my god i mean yeah put it like put his jersey in the rafters and it's, here's like what he needs to work on it's like throw him in the trash and get him put him on a bus get him out of town yeah then,
0: i got particularly hung up on the hips thing like the hips.
1: Yeah. they
0: were saying stiffen the hips. And again, you know, look, I try and keep some perspective, but I think the truth of the matter is, I think this is useful. When I was coaching JV football, we had to make cuts before the kids are even in pads. Like you're just watching them in shorts for two days. And then you got to make yeah. cuts. Right. So I don't know these kids from anything. The main thing I focus on is their hips because I do really genuinely feel that that is, you can identify a really decent amount of athleticism there. Like, in terms of your mobility. And yeah, yeah. so if like, you know, look, when, when you're down to like the 50th, 51st, and 52nd guy on your JV football team, you know, they're probably not a ton of investment there in terms yeah. of how much you're <laughs> going to help the team, right? But you just hope like maybe I'll keep a kid who has some athleticism. Maybe he's not much of a football player, but he becomes one because he's like really athletic. And that's sort of your thinking there.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
0: that's like when I'm trying to decipher that, I'm usually like, that is just like what i did for years was like all right who's got good hips so then you think of like an nba player having questionable hips and you're and that's just that really like i fixated on that uh quite a bit
1: yeah no and you and and you see it when you watch them like i i get where they're coming from he is like the fluidity is not totally there but then you know he can shoot he's really explosive as a leaper like um I'm excited that he can come in and he should play well, right. Well, like we'll know if he's good pretty quickly too. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, you know, the Knicks certainly could have drafted a 17 year old and waited on him. Like they're in no hurry. But, uh, on the other hand, it's like, God, just I'm, I'm glad they got some guy who, who might be exciting, you know?
0: So you think year. he
1: starts right away? I know. I think you're probably right. Um, I know you don't think he will. I, I, I guess I, I didn't take into account how short this offseason is going to be like they're going to pack practice for like a day. There's no preseason to speak of. Um, it's probably going to be pretty tough to imagine that he's a starter day one. I just was hoping they would because to me like the only way I'm going to make it through this season is watching Robinson Toppin and Barrett play 30 35 minutes together a night like otherwise what are we what am I watching. Um, so I hope he does, but I wouldn't shock me at this point. If, if Randall is, is the day one starter. Do you think that Tibbs is going to lean veteran heavy? I'm worried. I'm a little worried about it. You know, um, we don't have the dreadful vets on this team quite as bad as we had. Like, like, I, you know, we're not going to have to suffer through the, like Marcus Morris and the Bobby Portis of the world yeah. and the Taj Gibson's um you know like Nurlands Noel who they brought in to be the backup center like you know that's that's okay I can watch him play he's, right he's a leaper he, he makes sense to me as like a Mitchell Robinson backup um that doesn't feel like worthless viewing time I mean all of my it's just like all I'm like asking for is entertainment with this team you know just right. like and I get like Tibbs can't look at it that way but um that's how I'm approaching it so there's less kind of of that on the roster this year. There's, there's, there's not as many Wayne Ellington's and um, there's some of that, but there's not as much of it.
0: Right. I mean, really what I, what I'm hoping for at least is to like a chance to run back the clock to just the months leading up to the Carmelo trade. And again, I wanted them to make it and whatever, but the the group we had pri- just prior to that trade was like fun. Like I liked, it was fun. Yeah. That team. And I could live with a team like that. And I do think if we had a team like that, we could engineer a trade for a star and then really become competitive and kind of take off from there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think this year could end up being more fun than 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 it seems like, where yeah. they're a little bit frisky. Some of these guys start really playing well, you know. And then you're looking ahead and going, next year's draft is supposed to be really great, really deep. A lot of good guys the lottery is no longer the like you have to be the worst team in the league it's pretty much a crap shoot you even could you could end up you know with a really top pick um looks like there's going to be plenty of good players available so you know capable coach like maybe this is the first year of something positive positive. and again i think you're totally right to not not go there yet like they don't deserve anything um <laughs> And I'm deeply skeptical of all of these people. Anybody who's willing to t- accept James Dolan's money is a skeptical character <laughs> yeah. just just based on that. Yeah. But, you know, this is the least impediments they've had in a long time. There, This is the least garbage on in the Knicks that's piled on the Knicks that I, I can recall in, in a while. There's no, like, just super defective thing going on. Yeah. But we'll see.
0: Well, yeah, we will see. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listener supported radio. So uh Brian, Mark Colombo was shown the door this week.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> with prejudice. Yes, with prejudice. <laughs> and frankly, I love it. Uh, me too. I don't know what to make of it though. The more you it's so funny, right? The like initial report is like this guy that there was like a fist fight and everybody's like, no, 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 no. There wasn't a fistfight. That's ridiculous. And then the more that's come out, it's like, I mean, there wasn't a fistfight, but they were certainly worried there was going to be a fistfight. And it sounded like there was a pretty damn tense scene in the Giants' offices, and the guy is fired by security this following day. He's not even allowed back in the building. Like, it wasn't nothing that happened here.
0: Right. I love that the reports, they... They keep saying that Columbo used one particular word that
1: really, like, what What is the word? What is it? What is it? What does it start with? Does it start with a C? Right. (laughs) Does it start with B?
0: (laughs) I saw that, I think it was Jordan Renan, maybe. He either tweeted, I read something where he was just like, we're not even going to ask what the
1: word is. So don't even, and it's like,
0: ask, you have to ask.
1: right. Right i think it starts with a c what, what do you think what do you think it starts with totally agree I, I,
0: totally agree i think that it rhymes with jim Tressel's favorite play in all of football which is a special teams play that you use on fourth down that's not worth any points that joe judge likes to deceive you with right. often i think it rhymes with that word right
1: i agree, I agree. <laughs> but we don't know so we, we can
0: speculate all kinds of words
1: Right, right you know right maybe it's two syllables and starts with an f <laughs> right I don't... I don't <laughs> right Maybe it's uh, highly offensive. I don't know. Could be a lot of different things. A lot is, of possibilities right. on the table.
0: <laughs> and frankly, the media, Brian, is forcing us to speculate
1: about the right. word. Right. If they would... so they a delicious detail, and it's like then they pull it away. Right. Like, what is it?
0: Yeah. Either find out what it was, or don't even tell us that that was an issue.
1: Okay. Right, But now you've, you
0: put it out there. What's the word? Yeah.
1: yeah. Now I'm picturing like, uh, I've been watching, rewatching the Sopranos recently, you know, the way, all- the way all those guys say whore. Yeah. Like they say, <laughs> yeah. I'm just picturing Ralphie Ciparetto. <laughs> 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 what a scene though. Right. Just a tense. Yeah colombo i mean I, I don't know i mean look these are these are super intense competitive men but like i don't like what are you doing you know, What what's going on i get you are competitive you don't like they're bringing somebody in to do your job but like uh but i mean it really sounds like I mean, honestly,
0: it sounds like Judge is way more patient than he was getting credit for with Columbo. Like, because I think it started a while ago, and it sounds like, I don't know, I think it was Ralph Facciano had a pretty detailed piece about it. And the way it seemed, the way that, like, Judge would make corrections or say things during film or whatever, and Columbo would make these, like, petty little remarks to, like, contradict him. So I, I think, you know it seems like this was coming for a while and it really seems like Colombo was being petty for quite some time. And that it was finally it for judge.
1: Right. I mean, and if that's going on, like that's outrageous, you know, like what are you doing? Right. And- I mean, it, it calls into question the whole Garrett thing where like, you know, did this, was this guy reading the tea leaves that like, if this went South, Garrett's going to be the coach. And so he's feeling like he's, you know, set up well, for that or or what's going on
0: yeah i mean right i don't know like because i was just about to say you know that guy should have should have come in with like a an attitude of i'm lucky to be here right you know i'm only here because the the franchise itself was dumb enough to insist that garrett be the office I think now we it's all but confirmed now that the that the Giants by the way forced Garrett on Judge, right? Like right. we've been speculating about this all season. This is confirmation.
1: Right, the cat's out of the
0: bag on that. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and 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 you know, and I think Garrett was like I have to bring Colombo with me. And it's like it really should not be that hard to envision that it became like Joe Judge and his guys and Jason Garrett and Mark Columbo. Like Right. Especially then, too, with the offense playing support. The better the defense plays, and that's Columbo's guy. I mean, that, I'm sorry, that's Judge's guys. And then, the, like, the offense, even though they've improved, they're still behind the defense. And so that even puts more stress on that dynamic, it seems like.
1: I don't know. The whole thing is so fascinating about, like, how the media works and who's feeding who. You know, because the firing occurs in this period when the Giants' offensive line has improved. And then you you immediately start getting this story about how Judge has been spending more time with the offensive line. And that comes out rather quickly. Yeah. Um, right after the firing, and that, that had that, that played or maybe a role in, in both why the firing occurred and why this turnaround has happened. <laughs> um and it's just so, you know, interesting to think, you know, I don't know I don't know enough about I know a little bit of how the media works. I don't know enough to like really understand like how the sourcing works and but that seems to be the clear cut story um but you know that's obviously like a flattering story for judge but then you get based on the story you're reading you can kind of get a feel for like who maybe the source is and and where their uh sympathies lie you know Yeah. but it's I, so i don't know what to make of that you know other than like it's certainly the case that the offensive line got off to a terrible start and has played better of late. And maybe judge is the reason why, um, did you read, did you see many pro Colombo pieces? No, not really.
0: Yeah. Me either.
1: Uh, Yeah. Definitely seem like, and the giants seem to move quickly to like, try to put out this flame. Um, you know, this isn't who the giants want to be. They don't want it. They're, they're, they're very sensitive to like becoming the jets. Right. Yeah. Uh, so this is like their hell story. Um, <laughs> even though they basically are the Jets in blue, but they, you know, it's interesting the way and, and the media. I think you know plays along a little. They 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 give the Jet the Giants a little bit more. You know, this the story would have been. I think the story would have played much differently had it been the Jets. Um, yeah. Than it did for the Giants. They got a lot of the benefit of the doubt, I think. But <laughs> it's just wild to think about like how close do you think they were to like throwing down
0: <laughs> had to be close right right like that the giants at the front office was like we're getting security involved we're right. not even gonna let them in the room with each other like right right you know it was about to go down
1: yeah right and this guy's huge mark Columbo. too yeah. he's a giant man he so he showed up there
0: like it's just wild Right. Like what does the head of security look like for an
1: NFL team? You know what I right. mean? Like who did tell him? Was it like Pat Hanlon or right. I guess some HR person we never heard of delivers the the terrible news? Right. Yeah. Your <laughs> yeah. grandfather. Like Yeah, right. That would have been his job. Yeah. Oh god.
0: So uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, I was just gonna say, I think at the end of the day to me like Anything that cements, I think just putting more power in judges' hands at this point, I'm comfortable with and seems like positive for the Giants. And so if that's the end result is him grabbing a little more authority and getting to, you know, pick his own assistants. And to me, that's all to the good. Now,
0: Dave DiGuglielmo,
1: Googe, as they call him,
0: (laughs) is uh, he's an interesting character himself. Do you know much about this guy?
1: No, but just seen some clips. But, yeah, seems like... A personality, to say the least.
0: Yeah. And I... I, This is all speculation on my part, but I think something went down between him and Belichick. Really? Yeah. I don't think... So, uh, Googe was in the first... Do you ever watch those NFL uh, films, Do Your Job? Those, you know, Patriots love fests or whatever? No, but I know about them, yeah. So, he was in the first one, because that was the... The year that he was on the he was on the Pat staff he was on the Pat staff for two years. So Dante Scarnecchia was the Pat's old line coach and is widely considered one of, if not the best, offensive line coach in NFL history. Um, and he was with the Patriots even I think from the Pete Carroll days was when he began, and he stayed on through uh, Belichick, and um, and then he retired briefly. Gooch came in for two years, and then after. Uh, the Pats lost to the Broncos in the AFC Championship game. I think, and that was the year that the Broncos eventually lost to the Seahawks, I believe. Uh, but um, uh, Brady got just destroyed in that game. And Googe was fired shortly after. And uh, I remember reading about it at the time because I knew who he was off of the do your job thing. And I just remember kind of whatever I was reading, the quotes, it just seemed like uh, Dugliamo was like not thrilled with how things played out and how he was treated on his exit, I think. And even there was some clips that uh, Bobby Skinner was posting on Twitter that uh, where they talked about, because I guess last year with Miami, where uh, he was coaching with Brian Flores, they were rotating guys in on the offensive line, and he got asked about it, and he goes, uh, he said something like, we did it in New England, I didn't do it. Head coach made those choices, and I just picked up like a you know I had already had it in my head, and then that sort of was like yeah, there's something.
1: Yeah, yeah. There. I saw that clip too. I I don't know. I couldn't tell if he was that's what he was saying or if he was just trying to not take credit for it. Like right. Meaning that I wasn't my innovation. I don't know. Like
0: yeah. Well, I I don't think I would have thought anything of it had I not already had that suspicion.
1: Right. Just and he was right. removed or he didn't last in new england in other words like right
0: yeah right right and they don't really fire guys that much there
1: yeah yeah you're right yeah no and i remember like the result they had to like bring skarnecchia back yeah um but then i don't know he does seem like he's still a coach in good standing in patriots universe um (laughs) yeah it's interesting that judge would turn to him especially right now I don't know.
0: Well, right. I mean, I, I see he does have the hallmarks of a judge guy. Like he's super intense. Like you know, basically the 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 background on him is he has a tendency to rub people the wrong way. Right. And he
1: looks. He seems like it. Yeah. That was my. That's what I picked up on. Like, oh man. <laughs> if I'm a Giants offensive lineman, I'm like, oh Christ.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I also I don't think that bothers Judge.
1: Right, yeah, probably not.
0: Yeah, I I did see, to be fair, I did see in a lot of those Colombo articles that he was well-liked among the offensive line. Amongst his players, yeah. Yeah, which is discouraging. Right. <laughs> but I actually, uh, did you read any of the Leonard Williams quotes on that? No. I, Brian, I might be becoming <laughs> a low-key <laughs> Leonard Williams fan.
1: Oh my God, <laughs> what did he
0: say? You know, he was just like, he said something like, Yeah, it's it's jarring. If, if any workplace you're in, if somebody gets fired and you find out about it, you're like, oh man. Yeah. You know, so yes, it's jarring in that sense. And then he was just like, Look, like, yeah, we get coached hard here. I could see how it would rub people the wrong way if you're the kind of person who doesn't like to win. So uh. you know? <laughs> like, so, but yeah, we get coached hard. I don't mind it, because I want to win. Right. So I really like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting quote.
0: Yeah. So
1: hopefully we win. Yeah. That's the thing with that that style, though. Like, yeah, you got to win. Like, otherwise it just gets old. Yeah. And it just stinks. Right. (laughs) Right. When you get coached hard and you lose, it's just miserable. (laughs) (laughs) You come to despise those people. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. There's nothing worse.
0: Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air, support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Brian, are we going to win the NFC
1: East? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I hope so. Like, I'm kind of at the point where it's like, we have to. Oh, yeah. To feel anything, you know? I agree. Um, I think we've reached the stage where now it's all right. It's right there. Yep. And, and Joe Burrow getting hurt, which was terrible, but, like, that makes it even easier. Um, we don't have to face him this week. And... The Eagles stink. It's the only thing I was upset about the how bad the Eagles looked against the Browns was it. Yeah. It took a little shine off our victory on them like man were they bad. Um I know it was pouring rain all the rest of it but it's right there for us. Um if if you're trying to sell me this story that we're all trying to sell ourselves on the Giants right now like you got to go out and win. You have to win this division. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you're worthless bums.
0: <laughs> yes, and look, it's the pieces are in place now because Cleveland did their job and they beat Philly. So now yeah. that's the path. All we have to do now, we just have to win the games we have to win. We have to win this week against Cincinnati. Uh, we have to beat Cleveland. And we have to beat the Cowboys in the final game of the season. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be enough. Yeah. You know?
1: Uh, right, still- that'll do it at yeah. this point, right? Yeah,
0: right. And we just have to survive against Baltimore, uh, Seattle, and Arizona.
1: Right. We don't even need to win one of those, right?
0: I don't think so. I mean, you know, I don't know. The Cowboys win this week through me a little bit for a loop. Yeah. Uh, They
1: finally looked like how they probably hoped they might look with Dalton. He played all right. Yeah. Zeke Elliott, get him going a little bit. Yeah, Zeke I mean, had a good game. A that of was important. Talent, you know, it's like they shouldn't be this bad.
0: <laughs> I know. My God. I just – I because now I I didn't really – I sort of counted Dallas out, so I didn't really do the math on Dallas last week. I was really just worried about us and Philly. Uh, so Dallas
1: oh, – Alex Smith played another good game. Do you give them any – I forget who they beat. Who did they beat?
0: <sighs> they beat – oh, Cincinnati. Okay. Washington, Washington, you mean, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, Isn't that okay? Right. Well,
0: because the, I know that because uh, when Joe Burrow, uh, former Ohio State Buckeye, who won the championship for LSU, so that's technically at least like twenty five percent ours, maybe fifty. That's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> Joe Burrow transferred from Ohio State, uh, and so uh, on the you know on the on Washington is um, Dwayne Haskins, Chase Young, and uh, right. Terry McLaurin who all played for Ohio State and and uh, they made a big deal about how they were out at the cart to check on Burrow because they uh, all right. they all went to college together so that's how I remember they played right right yeah, you're right because the Buckeye um, I love is
1: so just so strong oh, please um, <laughs> oh H uh, <I-O. laughs> uh, okay so I you know I don't know it's so weird like there are all these terrible teams who I'm suddenly like afraid of. You know, these, <laughs> the whole NFC East is this like zombie um division that's like seemingly coming back to life, but only because of how bad everybody else is. But you know what I right. mean? Suddenly I'm like, What? I don't know. You know, Alex Smith's looking pretty good. <laughs> and all they gotta because all they gotta do is win like two games and you're right in the hunt. Right. Uh, so but yeah, there's nobody that's definitively a better team than we are. No, I don't think. And in fact, if you think about it, like, again,
0: this is important for Daniel Jones because right now the quarterbacks in our division are Andy Dalton, Alex Smith, uh, you know, the the corpse of Carson Wentz, and right. Daniel Jones. He should be the best of that group right now.
1: Do you think Carson Wentz is – it's over? Is he bad forever?
0: I can't – I don't – I like, it seems like it, and it seems like – Everybody feels that way.
1: Yeah. But it's hard to believe. Was he ever good? This is what is so fascinating about people. Like, it has the, are the injuries just piled up and he's not the same? Was there – are there deficiencies on the team that have made him now look this bad? Like, you know what I mean? Where you're just like, he was good, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's got to be all of it, right? I mean yeah. – those injuries matter. Like, he missed significant time over at least two years. Was it two or three years?
1: Yeah, mean multiple seasons. He's had significant injuries in multiple years.
0: Right. So it's not only two. It's not only, like, the injuries themselves and the toll it takes on his body, but it's also kind of that missed time accumulating where you're not, like, developing and getting better and honing your skills because you're just rehabbing from the injury. So – You know, it could be stunted development. It could be injuries adding up. It could be that just, you know, the rest of the Eagles' offense is not very good. Um, You know, too, they got crushed on the offensive line. They had injuries. They had opt-outs, I think. Um, And, uh, you know, they haven't had decent skill players in, like, a couple years now, it seems like. So, it's probably all of it.
1: Yeah. It's just such a precipitous decline where, I mean, he's been, like, the worst quarterback in the league this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't have ever guessed that, you know, you, you could have convinced me that he wasn't going to be like a star his whole career. I'm just shocked at how he's fallen to like, you know, he's been statistically the worst player, the worst starter in the NFL. Yeah. (laughs) The minutes he's played. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's just—if I'm an Eagles fan—and I mean, they, they, there's nothing they can do about it. The money they owe him is is brutal. I know.
0: <laughs> like they can't
1: get it. Apparently, if they cut him this year. They—it would be 60 million in dead money if they cut him after next year. It would be 40 million. Like, there's nothing they can do about it. They just—they have to figure out how to make him good. Um, have fun with he, that. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> No, but so then, yeah. I guess that brings me to to our man, who we're trying to make similar evaluations and not go down the same bad road, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, I do feel like it's Danny Dimes time. (laughs) You know, this is it. Like, finish this up strong. Like, I I don't know. Like, what, what, like, what's the result? Where is there any result that is not winning the division that you then ha- that you can feel positive about? Because I almost don't know that there is. Yeah, no, there, the, because we're we're almost we're
0: too deep now that we don't have a shot at Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, so yeah. we have to win the division, like right. Otherwise, it's I mean, it's disastrous. It's also you know because we were talking I think it was last week about well okay we're gonna have possibly a top 10 pick now, uh, but it's not going to be one of the first two. So we're not going to get one of these quarterbacks. Who do we take? And and then I think we settled on great pass rusher, but I don't, this is like a down year for defense generally in college football. Like who is the, who's the big name pass rusher in college football this year? Yeah. There's not like a guy. That's yeah.
1: Certainly is, yeah. Um, that's right. true.
0: So it's not even a great year to kind of be in that Position either, so we just we gotta win the division. We yeah. have to.
1: We gotta look good doing it too. Like I'm kind of like I've been shocked, and I was excited about the Eagles' win. I've been excited. I've been the Giants are playing better. Like, but like the the bouquets going there. I saw you know not to pick on Ralph Aquino, but he was like he had a tweet that was like, who do you a poll? You know, like who do you give the credit for? to the giants, you know, at three and seven starting to play better. You know, I'm like, no, I'm not handing out. There's no credit. Right. No, without there's no, no one's getting credit. Right. Like they're three and seven. Who gets the blame? Uh, all that I right. can give you a bunch of names. Right. Like, and, like let's win this division. Let's look good doing so. And then we can start assigning credit for that turnaround, but we're not there yet. In fact, we're a long way from it. Like,
0: it's same as the Knicks.
1: the Bengals. Yeah, no, right. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right. Crush them. Leave no doubt. Right. Look yeah. good. Yeah. Then yeah. go play these other teams tough. Maybe steal one of these. You know, beat the Ravens. Beat Yeah. Arizona. One of those. I mean, the and, Ravens, too.
0: They're not looking great. They're going to be bringing the thunder against us.
1: They're going to want to win bad. They're going to yeah. be desperate. Yeah. yeah. they don't look great, that suddenly – I wouldn't have put – I would have bet my life we would have no chance. That's suddenly not uh, unthinkable. Right. Seahawks are talented, but their defense isn't that good. They have issues. It's not inconceivable. The Cardinals are still a very like promising, but they have not, you know, emerging team. They have totally have weaknesses. Like, you know, steal one of those, win this thing at like seven and nine, and then we can all feel good about the Giants. Yeah. Like, but. Until then, I mean, we're a long way from anything that exciting. Right, right, right. Yeah,
0: no, no victory laps, guys.
1: Like, if we're 5-11 and, and we lose this division, I'm throwing tomatoes. You know, then, like, I'm throwing milkshakes at members of the Giants when I see them on the street. You know, like, you guys, you're, you're on a direction that seems positive. I just, you need to understand you're also on the precipice of it being totally fair to have, food thrown at you when you're seen <laughs> in public like, that's where you are right now and don't forget it is there a guy
0: for you that when he's on tv like they show him he makes some play or something and he's on camera and like you just look at the tv like you <laughs> you i it's you again
1: <laughs> like on the giants i can't i mean other than jason garrett I can't think of anybody. Yeah,
0: Jason Garrett is the guy. I can't think of a player I really can't stand on the team right now, I guess. I think Golden Tate is on my list. Right. But I don't, you know.
1: You know, I don't feel that
0: passionately yeah. about it. Yeah. That's a good sign, I think.
1: That's something, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something. Like, right.
0: for the, like, ask me that question for the Knicks. It's Julius Randle. Right. You, you know, and I could keep, like, Alfred Payton.
1: Right, right. Like, we could go. Yeah. I yeah. don't know what I don't know There's what Ed
0: Davis way. looks like, but Ed Davis. Except I don't think he's on
1: our team anymore. No, we got rid of him. We traded him. <laughs> okay, good. Fine. Just another one of those like what? Right. We traded something for him and then got him and then traded him for two second round picks. I was like, Okay. Right. I guess <laughs> I think we traded second round picks to get him. I don't know. Second round picks <laughs> are the new first round picks, Brian. <laughs> because double
0: draft! Yeah, like. double
1: draft. Is just, just get all the picks. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, Brian. Uh,
0: if you would like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone, Android, available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Well, Brian, it is... Tuesday afternoon, and it is, you know, roughly dinner time. We're coming up on 630. Uh, Our listeners will hear this Thursday morning on Radio Free Brooklyn, and then we're available on YouTube and for download on Sunday. I'm sorry, Saturday morning. Uh, So a lot could happen between now and then. So last week when we recorded this segment, uh, we did not realize the draft night things that were going to happen. We didn't know that Trump would – not concede the election, but allow for uh, some transition. we I don't think we knew yet that Rudy Giuliani was going to give a totally unhinged press conference where hair dye dripped down his face. Um, so, you know, as usual, between now and when people hear us, oh, and we didn't know that Mark Colombo would get fired. That's so true. So literally anything is on the table between now and when people hear us.
1: You what do can do you never think? predict. You can never predict. Who can ever say what's going to happen in this crazy world of ours? We're um, undershooting in our predictions. Like, right. We know, we're way undershooting. I know, right. I feel like I should say like a meteor is going to hit Earth. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think maybe somebody prominent is going to contract the coronavirus over the Thanksgiving holiday. Oh. We'll go with that. I'm yeah. so excited for Thanksgiving this year, even though I'm not going to see anybody, I don't care. I just am excited for the meal, more food for me. Yes. Um, I've been working, I've been looking forward to it, of picking out. I got no job. I got no prospects. I'm just going to eat and drink my face off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you still have so, those extra large clothes on standby. Exactly. I mean, I basically the point of losing weight was to so that I could freely enjoy Thanksgiving without any guilt.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a oh, great thing kind of to of feel.
1: The, the premise. Um, so that's all I got. I don't know. What do you got? What do you think is going to happen?
0: Well, let's see. What do I think is going to happen? Maybe uh, Jason Garrett has play calling duties stripped at halftime. Wow. I'll go with that. Because, I, you know, I couldn't have predicted the Mark Columbo firing. Uh, let me see. Uh, let's pick a prominent politician to totally disgrace themselves uh marco rubio okay marco rubio will do something totally humiliating over thanksgiving
1: <laughs> uh, maybe i'll say ted cruz will have an anthony weiner like scandal break oh over the weekend oh that would be amazing <laughs> oh my god that would be so great
0: okay that All would right. be
1: wonderful wouldn't it
0: yeah well, I, too, am looking forward to Thanksgiving, uh, and it is. It's just going to be Nicole Haley and I.
1: Um, Nothing. No family. No.
0: Uh, even though my in-laws only live a few blocks away, we've had a couple of COVID scares yeah. uh, in, in the area, so uh, we're just going to do it distance-wise. Oh,
1: because of the deadly virus that's rampaging the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I forget you forget about it. Some people don't think it's that big a deal, right? Some um, people think. But it's I don't fake know if you're news. aware, but like you know, nearly 300,000 people are dead, right? Uh, and thousands more every single day. So every day. I think it's kind of a problem myself. <laughs> but, um...
0: <laughs> the thing that drives me crazy—not to get on a soapbox about it—I can't stand the people who. Can't deal with this COVID thing because it's just a lack of personal discipline. It's just like I want to do this thing and I wanna do it today. Yeah. And nothing will stop me from doing this thing today. Yeah. That's what I have the least tolerance for. It's like we're all sacrificing.
1: Like right. we all know it's terrible. Nobody's like, This is great. I love it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm just so sick of the people who are looking for every want to call out every possible instance of somebody taking an unnecessary precaution. That's not totally necessary. Like, yes, you know, they're actually they're just a little scared because like 2000 people are dying every single day. Right. And they're worried about it. So you're right. They might (laughs) that might not have been totally they, (laughs) they might have not needed to do that thing. But, you know. I think a little caution seems warranted. I don't know. I don't. It doesn't appear to me that uh, we've been overly cautious. So I don't know. Like that's just my take, but maybe I'm wrong. Like... What
0: well, did you retweet on like the other day? Like somebody had a Twitter freakout over having to wait an extra day for a library book because it had to be wiped down, even though surfaces don't spread it anymore. So what are they doing?
1: Yeah, I did. It was like, I think it's because they're scared and they're worried about it. That's my guess of why they're doing that. Maybe they don't need to and you're scientifically correct and they just haven't, hasn't made its way. And yes, that's a problem. They should know that you don't need to be doing that anymore. But, they're a little nervous. They're taking an extra precaution. Who, right. gives, who cares? And I'm, you don't get your book right away.
0: Right. I'm sorry you have to wait a day for your library book.
1: Right. Maybe sir. that's silly. They're worried about the deadly virus that's rampaging the nation. So they're just a little <laughs> skittish.
0: There's also the same people are the uh, you know. Well, Fauci said you didn't have to wear a mask first. It's like, right. Uh, right. And then he said otherwise. Like Right.
1: For a long time now, he said otherwise. Yeah. So like, the, what are uh, you for? Right, like, right.
0: You know, the guy right. said something and he said something different. Right.
1: <laughs>
0: that's how life works. Right. right. It's yeah. not about Fauci. You just don't want to wear the mask. And that's your, like, aha.
1: You know? Yeah. No, it's so insufferable. Oh, it God. Is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I'm excited. I'm really excited. We're not going anywhere and not having like and nothing against any of my family members out loud. But it's just I really love the idea that I will wake up in my home on Thursday and not have to go anywhere. Yeah. And not have to anticipate anyone coming. It's just I'll wake up and it'll just be a day of eating and drinking and football and just my nuclear family.
1: Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. Sometimes simpler is better.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Especially at the holidays. people stress
1: Thanksgiving me. is a miracle holiday. It really is. It's it my is. favorite. Yeah. It is. I always say anybody who's indifferent about Thanksgiving, it's just an announcement. It's an indictment of your family's cooking. That's all you're saying is no. that nobody, nobody in your family knows how to cook when you're like, eh, I don't like that. Whatever. You just you're not good at it. That's the problem.
0: That's that's a million percent true. And I can tell you that because I was indifferent to Thanksgiving almost my entire life because no one in my family my my, you know, blood relatives can cook. And right. then I, I married a good cook. Right. And now I, it's like I've I loved It's amazing. It. It's yeah. incredible.
1: I've been missing out <laughs> on my whole life, spent thirty something years missing out. Right. Just being like, What's the big deal? I'll tell you what the big deal is. Get somebody in your life that knows what they're doing And it's a big deal, I promise you.
0: No doubt about it. No doubt about it.
1: All right, Brian.
0: Do you have anything else for the fans?
1: No, I think that's it for me this week. Um, Wishing everybody a happy Thanksgiving. And hope they have a little reprieve. And don't, you know, don't die of the deadly virus. (laughs) Do your best, everybody. (laughs) All right, bye. All right.